she's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. slept real nice when you were camping. Oh yeah, yeah, slept like a baby. I had like, I was like having <laughs> night terrors. <laughs> I knew, I, he wasn't far, he was like two, like 20 feet from me, you know? I think I want to spend more time doing that and I would like to start reading young for understanding more of my dreams, which I know is like the best thing Alistair has heard all day that I'm gonna, that I want to read young. I believe it when I see it. Oh, uh, it's gonna happen. Like, I, I, I'm singing and I'm like, I don't want to say it too loud because then people are gonna hold me to it. And That's how I felt about singing a year ago too. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, uh, <laughs> this is good. This is like this recording this podcast is kind of making me realize this, how much I, I'm, I'm aware it's in my sphere, but I'm not ready to engage with it. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. We uh, we have we have another good one in the bank for you today. When isn't it a good one, Julie Roxanne? I don't know. Mate, well, and the thing is, if it's not that good, we're not going to tell you. You just have to <laughs> figure it out for yourself about halfway. And like, whoa, they were off today. Jesus. Um, today we are talking about integration and integrating, like integration practices. Because we've we've done uh, an episode about like what do you do when you come back from an intense experience, like traveling or working with entheogens, journeying into a psychedelic realm. But this is more like examples of practices, and we actually discuss what we do now and where we're at now with our practices, which feels kind of nice to take to take stock. And uh, we hope that you get some inspiration, at least a prompt, on what you can start to do to integrate and make your life more whole. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Hello, far out people. Hi, you. Hey there. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another week of the Farrell Podcast. Yeah. It's another week. It's a brand new day. What up? What's going on in your life? <laughs> what are we talking about today, Alistair? So we've been we recently just had a great interview with Francoise Boza. She wrote Consciousness Medicine. Uh, that was that podcast was just the other week. And We've been thinking a lot about, because we also read her book while preparing for that uh, interview, and we've been thinking a lot about particularly um, one aspect of what she talks about, which is her emphasis on integration. Mm -hmm. And she's talking uh, integrating expanded states of consciousness. So what comes out of those experiences and integrating them into our regular waking life? I think it's super interesting to be reflecting on this right now because to be to be totally honest I think I was 
because we journey so often and we we have so many of these extraordinary experiences and the boundaries are becoming a, a little hard to discern. Not just with entheogens either. I mean, we've been traveling for the last five or six years. And yeah. There's a lot of different ways where we have pretty intense experiences in our life. And a lot of the the motivation for a lot of this is to learn and to, I think, grow from it. Yeah. And, and heal too. And I think what's, what I was going to say is I think as we had more and more of these experiences, there was a part of me that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Integration. I'll tell other people that integration is important. And, uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of have to be on the roller coaster because I only have two weeks between one retreat and the next or, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think I wasn't as conscious of, um, I wasn't as walking the talk of, of integration. And this is really reading this book and talking to her really reawakening. Um, okay. What does integration look like for us in a space where those experiences are ongoing um, and so it's it's actually really interesting to reflect on that. There's something that's been come a little more clear for me from reading Francois's book. Uh, you know, I think with any kind of intense experience, whether it be like traveling to exotic locales mm-hmm. or going on any kind of retreat, right? Like maybe it's a dance retreat or a festival or whatever. You, we can have, I can have this feeling, and I know we've both experienced this, where it's like, oh, you, you experience it, you're you're a different person, or you have some sort of insight or breakthrough, right? And then as you get further away from it, like it fades, right? Yeah. And and sometimes I think the assumption there is, oh, I need to do it again. Mm. And and so like I shouldn't I just can't take too long between, yeah. right? Like I need to do it again and again, and and that's how it won't fade. Yeah. And I think from reading consciousness medicine, one thing that's kind of shifting a little bit, and this is also because we've been on this path of students as well with the work we're doing, is it's not so much about, okay, well, when's the next time I'm going to get back, get back there? It's it's about, for me, it's kind of shifting to, okay, well, what can I do to kind of deepen or strengthen or or really embody or bring bring in what would I learn yeah. imperfectly from yeah. last time and, and kind of work with that and integrate that in so that I'm prepared next time mm-hmm. I visit, right? Like, so that I'm actually somewhere I've grown. Yeah. And, and when I visit next, like whenever I visit this space or go to this retreat or go travel again, I can build on that, right? Like it's not so I've lost something and I'm going to get it back. It's like, okay, I've, I've gained, I've learned something I'm working to really bring it into my life. And then next time, you know, that process continues. Yeah. And, and that like almost visually feels like like kind of a, a, a climbing process or a growing process rather than like peak dip back to the same like yeah, back to yeah, the yeah. same level of peak dip. Uh, it, it feels a bit more inspiring to to look at it that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're listeners to this podcast, you know that a lot of what we're going to a lot of our experiences at the moment are informed with the fact that we are studying ayahuasca and we are also serving combos. So a lot of the integration we're talking about relates to those things. But as I was saying, and as we were saying, 
any experience that is out of the ordinary for you and that creates a positive change can be an experience to integrate. And so you said any kind of retreat, but I would even say like getting married is a pretty big thing to integrate, like going on, going on vacation, or as you said, going on a festival, because it's so easy to just assume that, you know, could be a four hour walk in nature. Yes, yes, exactly. And um, I want to read a quote from uh, consciousness medicine to really kind of ground us into what we mean by integration. So Francois says, integration is the process of bringing separate elements together into a whole. For our purposes, it is the art of weaving the extraordinary into the ordinary, interpreting as journeys, a journey's mythical and symbolic layers, revealing its gifts and treasures, and anchoring them into our lives. I, I think another area where you can think about integration is dreams, right? Oh, for sure. We can have a really powerful dream where we wake up and we're like, whoa, there's, there's like a very numinous quality to it or something extraordinarily vibrant. Yeah. And that's also something we can we can integrate into mm-hmm. our lives to some degree. Yeah, and I think I'm just really inspired by this idea that integration is the process of making something into a whole because there's another quote in the book where basically, I'm paraphrasing, but she says something along the lines of, this work is not about being happy. It's about being whole. And that can that is very fulfilling. And I think that I've always had this sense that... Um, I'm not doing this because I want to be happy. I'm doing this because I want to be whole and and um, kind of not not scattered in a million different pieces. And man, what a process! And integration is the way that you support that continual wholeness of you through the different experiences that you have. Otherwise, it's like we all know this: you have your nine to five you, you have your festival you. You have your who you are in your relationship with your boyfriend, who you are with your parents, and all these people are different. And they don't really communicate. Yeah. And and that can feel that you can feel the sense of like division. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. of almost being different people in different places. I've had that experiences. That used to be my life. And I think when you're talking about being whole, right? So this is also integrating sadness, anger, frustration, pain, like the Grief. the the difficult emotions and experiences of our life as well not just not just the positive or transcendent mm-hmm. ones i think there's like three things three types of practices that i that i think of when i think of integration and again very inspired by um Francoise's book there's like the in our lives there are the ongoing practices kind of the baseline that we try to maintain on a day-to-day basis, not always doing a great job, but like that's kind of the baseline. And some of these things might include meditation, uh, movement. And and that's, that's usually like the real baseline for me. It's like if I can try to make those two types of activity, two types of practices happen, then I'm in a pretty good place. And that's I can pretty much continue the process in the background of integration if I do that. But then there are certain experiences that call for a special type of practice, right? Like, for instance, I've recently, I've been, I've been uh, integrating more of our semi-recent cacao uh, dieta. And dieta works on you for a very long time. And I'm definitely still uh, getting worked on by cacao. And a lot of it is continuing to foster my relationship with my body, and that's been a journey that I've been on for like four years. And it's 
man, it's, I'm still so early on. It's still so challenging to be in my body. But if you know that this is a particular thing that you're working on, then you can, depending on how uh, a recent, you know, experience might feel, it's like, okay, well, maybe I need a more active kind of, um, like a lot of vitality in my movement, like, like high intensity workout or something that will bring me into my body in that way. Or if I'm feeling very tender, then I'll probably gravitate more towards some like yin yoga, maybe just like gentle stretching, slow walking, reminding myself that I can also be in my body in this gentle way. Um, and so like adjusting your practices to the experience you're trying to integrate also feels like kind of a revelation that I'm, I'm, I'm really continuing to uh, spend time with and hone and i think you know i think back to when i started exploring more of expanded states of consciousness through these kind of things and so i'm thinking back to like when i started meditating when i started sitting at a zendo mm -hmm. uh or when i first started traveling and having some pretty like incredible moments traveling right and in those moments there's generally a sense of connection yeah and so i think like when you're talking about like the movement exercises and for, for, for me that's exercising doing some sort of strength exercise and meditation those have been two of my baseline ones as well and those started way before like i was really working intensely with any kind of psychedelic those, yeah i i think those were trying to it was almost like i've noticed a a higher sense of connection to myself and to the world around me mm -hmm. and then it was like whoa and how can I cultivate more of that on a daily basis, mm -hmm. right? Like, yes, those are peak experiences a lot of times. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to go sit and meditate and, and get back to it. I'm not trying to recreate that experience. But, but also, I think those peak experiences can leave us realizing, you know, where, where we're out of balance or, where, or, or the lack of connection we have yeah. on a daily basis. And so the question then becomes, okay, well, how, how, how can I... How can I start working on that or, or practicing with, with, with that? Yeah, I think I think with this kind of goes back to what I was saying about adapting your practices depending on what's coming up because I think a lot of a lot of the the challenge around this is actually being honest with yourself and looking at where you're out of balance. And and so I actually, the framework that Françoise uses in her book is and in her work is pretty fantastic. She calls it the, holist the holistic model um, for a healthy life, or I think it, that's, that's the name, but it's the, holist the holistic model. And she basically says like, okay, yeah, we're mind, body, spirit, but there's two dimensions that are missing in that. We're also community and environment. And so it's like this five uh legged stool it's probably not a stool at this point but it's it's Closer like a, a table uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's always keeping an eye on what area is out of balance and because we're human probably multiple areas of or or multiple things within a specific area are going to be out of balance that's just i, I think i don't think like perfect balance all the time is possible it's more like over time, what do you do to correct when you're, when you're, you know, a little bit out of balance, how fast do you realize and what do you do to respond? And so again, it's like, if I'm feeling 
sluggish because I've been doing, if I've been like too gentle in my movement practice, there might be a moment where I'm like, no, I need something a little like more intense. I need to move some of that energy a little bit more. And so it's trying to be honest with where you're at and then adjusting your practice as a result. Yeah. And I think this brings up our quality of like listening to ourselves or listening to our body. Um, and I, as we've, particularly as we've worked with ayahuasca, a lot of these messages, like it, there's a, there's a distinction between like doing integration from the mind, mm-hmm. like, like, okay, I should meditate for 20 minutes a day to do because yeah. it's good for me yeah. and because it reduces stress and like, it's just a logical thing to do. <laughs> like, so I'm going to do that and I'm going to exercise for 30 minutes. Like that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking like for me, a lot of times these it's it's some usually it comes from some higher level of awareness mm-hmm. where I'm able to tune into something or there's some sort of connection that's made or insight or general awareness about what's lacking or what's out of balance or a direction that maybe I should face and, yeah. and move toward that without knowing maybe why mm-hmm. and it often comes as some sort of subtle message so learning to listen to those first can be tough. I kind of think about it, there being two sides to this integration work, which is first learning how to listen to to what's coming up and what's asking for attention. Mm -hmm. And then the second is responding to that. And they're both their own skills, I think. And what happens is after a while, when we start to do this, and I think in the beginning, it's really small, right? Like You start really small. and, And what's happened for me is starting to build a faith in my own process, build a faith in, in like my own kind of, or some sort of intelligence that is guiding me toward what I need. Yeah. And I think sometimes I I find that I fall on either I've, I fall on two different sides most of the time, which is either diminishing the importance of actually practice doing the practice like eh, whatever what does it really do what I'm sitting and I'm not I'm not talking and I'm just focusing on my breath for 10 minutes like what does that do I I should just be doing something else it'll be it'll be nicer like like kind of the resistance of actually sitting down and or or you know like engaging with the practice that I know I want to engage with or there's another side which is like becoming too rigid with it and and like absolutely wanting to do it to the point where it loses the vitality and the energy that's behind it, right? Because I kind of it's this thing on my to do list, yeah. and it's a it's a difficult balance to to find with with that too. Uh, and and as you said, it's a practice of building faith. Because the more I do those practices, that sometimes I don't know why I'm doing because it always feels like it's something that takes my time away from me. The more I do them, the more I realize like, oh, no, there's a purpose to this. It's really valuable. Like I'm learning a lot and I'm growing a lot and, and it's it's beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. I think the faith comes kind of as a result of doing it. But there's some faith that's required to do it in the first place. Yes. But it's kind of like a cultivating of your own individual personal unfolding. Yeah with you know listening to the to your wisdom um and acting on that yeah with intention and you mentioned like there's ongoing practices ones that we know that that help a lot there's also ones that are more situational there might be like a stage or mm-hmm. it might be for a period and and then there's also ones that that might be one-off things to do mm-hmm. um like for example confronting someone 
or bringing something up in a relationship that's come kind of into awareness yeah. and, and or or sharing particular feelings or yeah. whatever or like a pilgrimage that's yeah. another kind of one one time yeah integration thing yeah so we thought maybe we'd share a few that we're doing or want to do haven't mm. done yet um and also maybe some we've we've seen that from people we've worked with yeah um, to just kind of give some ideas of all the different ways integration can look. Do you want to tell us about your practices and all the ones you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> There's one that um, was early on for me when actually it was a lesson from working with ayahuasca just when we started working with ayahuasca in Guatemala last year, mm-hmm. which was um, which was around what I exposed myself to. Mm. I had watched a, a pretty violent series. Um, it's called Vikings. Uh, right before going into a week-long retreat. Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with a lot of the content of that show in that retreat. And it was it was pretty vicious. Yeah. And it just, you know, I tend, particularly with, with something like ayahuasca, I tend to feel like it magnifies whatever state I enter with. Uh, so it's, a, it's kind of like a mirror. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of magnifies the psyche to mm-hmm. a level where I can become much more aware of what's happening at a much more subtle level that I'm maybe unconscious of a lot of the time. And it was clear to me that like what I watch mm-hmm. has a major effect on me, whether I know it or not. You know, there's that kind of saying like your body doesn't know the difference between reality and what you watch. That's true. Um, and that became pretty obvious to me when I had to like basically process a lot of the stuff I had watched the week before, including human sacrifice and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, I've I've uh, I've really dialed down the amount of stuff that I watch that is excessively violent or, or violent or, or psychologically violent without a purpose. Uh-huh. Intuitous. Yeah, I, I will watch things that I think are, are done with taste and for a reason, but I stay away from the, the sex, violence, mm-hmm. drugs, just just because of just for the, the hell of it. Yeah. Um, so I find myself... And that's another thing. I think integration can be adding things, but in this case, it can also just be removing things yeah. right it's kind of like cultivating a garden in in a certain way yeah i i i'm just gonna piggyback off of that particular practice of yours because it's i've had a i've had a, a similar thing i don't i already was were, was not really watching violent things or even like psychologically violent things i i actually uh i really don't like that which is one of the bigger problems in our relationship sometimes is we don't know what movies to watch together because we have such different tastes But for me, it was more, I once came into a retreat after maybe like a month of pretty consistently having a sitcom in the background of my life. And that I had to sit through an entire ceremony where I was kind of jumping around from from things to things. Like it was really hard and like mentally challenging and annoying as hell to have no attention span and i realized that this was because of the particular format it's like okay sitcom is 20 minutes so it's really fast and they're trying to have these like standalone episodes that anyone can watch if they even if they don't know the show very well and they can kind of come in and still have a laugh and like you know each character in the episode has a different thing going on so it's really really fast paced and the conclusions that the people are coming like it was so narrow and shallow and so I realized okay I, I can still watch things but preferring like longer format things 
would be better. And I've definitely implemented that and it's helped a lot. It's helped a lot. I feel like my attention span is a lot sharper mm. and, and I'm a lot more able to do things I want to do with my mind and my intellect as a result. You know, another way I think this integration has worked for me is I feel this sense of connection or, or whatever it is, right? Like I have a lot of times I have a heightened experience of some sort or mm -hmm. a heightened awareness. And then it's it, sometimes it's it's just noticing what gets in the way of that after, mm. right? Like what kind of starts to block that or shut that down later. Yeah. Um, and, and then trying to maybe be more aware of that. And so, for example, one that I think has been really powerful for us that's been definitely kind of a, a couple years in the making, but we're pretty much completely off social media mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, our last kind of holdout um, was actually our Instagram account for Far Out. And and that was, it always feels like in business, you have to be on social media. Yeah. Anyway, realizing that it, how much it was taking away. For, and I think this is part of like having solitude and, and being on retreat and realizing how rich those experiences are when when we're with ourselves, we're with the people around us, we're mm -hmm. with like the world in that moment, right? Yeah. And and noticing how social media so quickly would take us out of that place mm -hmm. and take us into old habits that we were trying to kind of eliminate or not indulge. Yeah, it's it's been great to not be on social media. Yeah, and I think I, I think myself from before would have would would hear this and say, well, but how do you grow your audience? How do you bring people to what you do? How do and I think, honestly, I've just made peace with the fact that our life is going to be, I want to build our life to not need social media to function. And I want to build our livelihood and our audience and our tribe without social media. And we're seeing that it works. And, and I actually prefer to do it this way. It's a much slower process, in my opinion. But at the same time, it's also a much deeper process. And that's what I mean. That's so in it. I'm in it for for that. Like I don't I don't want the 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 numbers. I want the quality. In some ways, I think it's been a clarification of what's most important, uh, right? Yeah. And, and and moving toward that and and being okay if if that means other things can't be done. Yes, totally. That's a great point. And that's an, yeah. So that's another thing we've removed um, in the recent years. One that comes to mind as we do this is actually from a recent participant in one of our combo uh, inoculations. Mm -hmm he kind of came in with an intention of, of opening up and kind of getting in touch with his feelings more. And he had, he had some opening through working with combo for three days. It was incredible. Yeah. It was really impressive to watch. And he, one of, one of the things he did to integrate that was, uh, he had a, he was going to visit some of his family the following weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, and, his intention or as part of his integration practice was just to be more present mm -hmm. with his family while I was there. And he told us how that went and it went really well. So I think it can be like, that's another form of how it can look is like some sort of opening, some sort of realization and then practicing that in ordinary life. It's like it, that's integration is a process of also embodying the insights and the realizations that you've had because yeah, it, it, it's great if you have an experience uh, with entheogens or anything where you feel like, okay, you know, like a lot of us, a, a pretty, sim a pretty, not basic because it's very profound, but a pretty standard realization to have when you journey with entheogens is that we're all connected, right? Like we're all interconnected and there's this 
really profound sense of brotherhood and kinship with everyone and every human and even leaves and trees and stuff. But if that's not embodied at all afterwards, then it just becomes a shallow insight that you can kind of make a quote out of, you know, like those like quote with the sunset picture in the background. <laughs> and no, it, you know, like, and so that's the, that you want to embody it. Otherwise it becomes disembodied. It becomes this like just mind trick that you can play and just like say things like, Oh yeah, I've had this experience and really felt that way. But then if it's, and that's great too. But if you don't bring it in, then it loses the the potency that it had right when you came out of the experience. Um, so yeah, that was that's a that's a great example. I think there's another um, there's definitely things I've recently I've recently started a, a daily ritual to connect with tobacco. My relationship to tobacco is a, is complex, but also beautiful and definitely important. Um, I realized recently I, I cannot escape it. And on the medicine path that we're on, tobacco is a very important healing plant and teacher. Um, and I think some people don't particularly resonate with it, but I, I was a smoker for, for like 15 years in my, like I'm French, my family, like it's so deeply in my bones and and I was struggling to find a way to relate. And I recently had a realization like you don't have to smoke. You can just connect with the spirit of the plant. And so ever since that realization, I've uh, created a ritual that I do every morning where I offer tobacco to the land that I'm on. And usually I'll sing a song. And if I don't have the time to do that, usually I make the time to sing a song. But if I don't have the time, I'll just say a prayer and and offer the tobacco to the land in the place that feels special. And that has been so powerful. And I'm so proud of myself for sticking with that ritual because I am seeing how much good it's bringing to my life and, and how it's helping me find a different way to connect with, with a pretty important spirit teacher. Mm. So that's definitely another, another practice. Um, One that's coming up for me is, is around working with my voice. Mm. Um, because about a year ago, you know, going on the medicine path, uh, part, part of what happens in a lot of these ceremonies is our, our Icaros are sung and healing songs are sung. Mm -hmm. um, and these are songs that we now sing when we work with combo. Mm -hmm. I realized that I had never really sung in my life or tried to, and that there was a lot of fear around that, especially singing publicly. Mm -hmm. um, so over the last year, it's been a practice to get more comfortable with my voice and to start singing. And more recently, I've been singing an Icaro every morning, mm -hmm. um, kind of to connect with whatever's coming through and just get more comfortable with my voice, work with it. Um, so that's a practice lately that's been really, really rewarding for me is just to to sing for five or 10 minutes every morning. Mm -hmm. I think these are just like ideas or, you know, things that we are working with. And it doesn't have to be a list of what you should do as a listener. For instance, I know that there's something I know is, is coming as a practice that I, I'm going to need to spend more time with. But the truth is, I'm honestly terrified of doing it, and I don't think I'm ready to do it yet, and I don't even know how to make it happen, because it's so, um, it's too scary. It's like, I think there's a healthy relationship to have. It's like, 
if it feels a little scary, then maybe you want to do it because that means you're on your edge and you're kind of exploring outside of your comfort zone. But if it's too scary, um, I don't think it's a good time. You kind of have to continue to process and maybe find a middle way to work with this. But I think for me, uh, dancing is going to be something that I, I end up spending more time doing. I love to dance and I think uh, I it's it's but I've never made a practice out of it. And it was never, I've never had a relationship with it of it's connecting to my body for just the sake of connecting to my body and moving my body. A lot of the times it's like, well, either I'll dance really hard and that'll give me a good cardio workout or dancing at a club or at a party because I want to look sexy for other people to look at me. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm I don't think I'm completely ready to explore, but I know that it's coming and I know that it's going to be incredibly healing to do. Um, but it, I think that's also what I'm learning in this integration process, like knowing what might be appropriate at what time and what might come and what might not. Right? Like for instance, I I think like anything creative can be an integration practice. So for instance, like painting or drawing. Journaling. Yeah. And at the same time, like I haven't felt super called to paint. Just also, it's not very practical with our lifestyle, but um, it hasn't been a thing that keeps coming up. And I know for some people that's going to be like, oh yeah, that's the thing that I want to do, but I'm scared of doing, you know? So again, that listening to what is needed and maybe I'll, I'll paint in like, three years or 10 or 20, you know, like maybe that'll become more needed then. I think also it's for me, it's like not getting too attached to the particular modality mm -hmm. and listening to what is behind the modality. So for example, with painting, it might be some sort of form of creative expression, right? Mm -hmm. So I can try painting, but maybe, maybe it ends up being dancing or maybe it ends up being something that's more or writing or, or, whatever yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really matter maybe i'm just working with an etch-a-sketch yeah um but getting in touch with maybe what's behind that mm -hmm. and and because a lot of times i think what's behind that is maybe a sense of neglect mm -hmm. around an area of our life yeah. or perhaps a sense of um something that would be particularly important at this time or maybe it's it's something that's calling us or something we we a gift that mm -hmm. we want to lean into all those things yeah i i think that's a i love i love how you said that because in a thought that came to mind was you know the modality is in some ways it doesn't really matter because it's the it's what you're working on that it's the intention behind behind it that's important so for instance you know, for, for instance, like having a practice around food and cooking for yourself, right? Like it can be used with for different intentions. Like recently, I've definitely had, I've spent more time with the practice of eating only what I need and not more, which is mind bogglingly hard. And, and I, the amount of effort that it takes me to, to not go for that extra, that second plate when I'm I know damn well that I'm full, very hard, very hard. And, but I'm just realizing like you can have a, a practice around food and the intention can be very different because for some people bringing a practice around food might actually be to nurture themselves more and like 
care for themselves by making themselves a nice meal every so often. If maybe there's someone that runs around and only gets takeout or, or buys a sandwich and eats it on the go or whatever. Or, or try to be a incredibly present while you're making the food instead yes. of thinking about when you're going to eat it or yes. whatever. I mean, they, they all might have different reasons for it, depending on like what you're realizing you want to work more with. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a sense of playfulness that comes with that. And some of these like end up becoming habits, right? Which is why I think it's useful a lot of times, even now it's like trying to take one thing at a time, mm -hmm. like not trying to do a million things to integrate yeah. all at once, because then I tend to maybe do them all once and then they all kind of drop off, yeah. Yeah. but really work with like one thing. So like right now, one of those things is singing every mm -hmm. morning and and trying to be mindful of the the urge to try to stack more things on that mm -hmm. but to kind of protect that practice by by giving it space yeah um an, another one that that for me right now is uh meditating more in a from a somatic perspective lately i've been feeling a little stale in my meditation practice which for mainly the last, I would say, five to seven years has been a dual awareness practice. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I need to approach it from a, a different way. And so starting to move into a more body-focused practice yeah, as yeah. well has been something that's been, been very useful. Yeah, I, I think the other thing that is not new, but the intention behind it and the way we, we do it feels new is that we have been continuing to connect with hape which is uh like snuff it's a sh shamanic snuff that that um, we use in combo and it's a beautiful medicine and it's because it's tobacco it's another way to keep connecting with the with the medicine it's basically the ashes of jungle tobacco mixed with different plants yeah and then you blow it up your nose <laughs> yeah but it's like there's something I don't know. I feel like in the past I I might have like abused it more than I than I feel like I'm I'm doing it now. There's a lot more respect and groundedness in the ways that I do it now. Um it's kind of interesting again to see how also having these ongoing practices like meditation or hape or we have cacao every day and 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 these kind of things it's also like a space to come back to that shows us the way we've the ways we've changed right so like my relationship with happy prior to our last retreat is not the same as my relationship with happy now and that is a great way to see what's changed as a result of that that retreat that happened in the middle you know and it's like that's the same way as coming back to your parents' house uh, every so often, because I feel like every time we get to see and feel what's changed for us every time we come back here. And so these practices can be looked at as a place that you come back to, to just check in with yourself. It's a place to listen, even if it's not an active, like, okay, I'm going to meditate and listen. It's like, if you sing every day, then you're going to realize if one day you're feeling more sad or more happy because it's different than the day before and the day before. And that's such an important part of the integration process is continuing to bring our attention to what's going on. Yeah, and I think it's kind of taking responsibility too. Like we have these experiences that we then want to integrate. Mm -hmm. And that process is a process of cultivating those things 
in ourselves more. Yeah. Right. So like maybe for whatever reason, we're kind of given this gift, this grace of, of having this experience or this insight or this awareness and which is, is not regular. Right. And from, from that vantage, we can then be more intentional about cultivating that in ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's something else I've, I've, it's kind of linked to movement, but I've definitely been working on that more recently is taking walks, you know, just, and it sounds, it sounds dumb, right? It sounds like basic, but I think that's, that's what I'm trying to get at is a lot of the time, those practices can be very basic as long as you have the intention behind it. And so it's like, also, I'm, as long as you're not, if you're not doing it right now, if it's something, if it's a change in your life, yes. it does not matter how basic or how obvious it is to others. It, I mean, it's personal to yeah. your situation and it's something you're doing that you weren't doing mm-hmm. for a certain reason. So like, I don't think there's anything that's too basic. Yeah. Any change we can make that, that. I think it's just what I'm noticing around taking walks is that I've been a lot more gentle. I think that's a that's a recent theme that I'm noticing a lot is I there's a lot more gentleness in my practices. And there's a lot more intentionality. And there's also, you know, it's like uh, instead of trying to go for a walk every day, I'm going to go for a walk every other day. I've been recovering from an injury and, and trying to address it and like recognizing that having a light activity is beneficial and I can just do it, but not every day. And because I tend, for instance, for me, movement is such a complicated practice. It's complicated for me. Movement, it's tough. I I never want to do it. And and I have huge resistances. And at the same time, it's so important. And there's these, um, I get into these traps where it's like, either I have to be you know, doing yoga every day or doing yoga every other day. And then the, the, the other day doing like a really high intensity workout and strength building exercises so that I have a ripped body and I look great. And, and I almost always injure myself when I do that. Almost always. And, and I feel like there's a lesson that I'm starting to learn that movement can also look a different way depending on where I'm at and how I'm doing. And if I'm like feeling particularly tender in my body, shaking it around and jumping and doing jumping jacks might not be the best approach. And it might just be that I need soft movement, but at least continuing the thread of the practice, right? Not just giving it up because all of a sudden I can't do jumping jacks. You know, it's like, it's not an, it's not a all or nothing situation. It's adjusting the practice to meet me where I'm at. And it's it's an opportunity to be creative Mm -hmm. too, Mm -hmm. right? And, And try different things out. I think it's, it's it's kind of an exploration, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think taken that way can have a little bit more playfulness or a little bit more sense of discovery. One um, thing I did recently, which was more of a one-off situation, which was I got the, you know, we live in a truck camper, so it's always very close quarters. Mm-hmm. And um, I got the kind of message like, hey, go camp by yourself for, for a little while. Yeah. You should do that. And when I got it, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a pain in the ass. Like I got, I got this camper. I, I got a feel. bed already. Yeah. I don't want to have to go and set up my tent. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like doing it. Um, and I did do it. It was actually on our cacao dieta. And what was interesting about that was 
um, that it forced up forced a lot of things for you to work on as well. That was hard. Just hearing you talk about it, I'm like, I hope he never gets that ping again. I hate <laughs> sleeping by myself in the camper. It's so. But that was really informative to me because it. I thought it had had just to do with me, mm. and it actually brought up some things for us to kind of work with in our relationship and for you to work with as well. Totally. Seems like you slept real nice when you were camping. Oh, yeah, I slept like a baby. I had, like, I was, like, <laughs> having night terrors. <laughs> I knew I, he wasn't far. He was, like, two, like, 20 feet from me, you know? But I, I, I oh, God, I just hate, I just hate sleeping by myself. Um, yeah, I think I want to encourage everyone to, to go check out Francoise's book, Consciousness Medicine, because it's it's an encyclopedia and there's a whole section about integration in the book where she literally lists, lists out all the different practices you could have for every single type of experience that you can try to integrate and i wouldn't say just, all but like a well, good a good a good collection amount. but the, i think the thing to like reemphasize is that what it's a it's it's creative and it's individual right yeah. so it's not like okay you should have this practice for that yeah. thing, right? Yeah. There, there's there's a selection here, and one might be one might call more to you or another, but it's 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 something that's very individual, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to be based on what's coming up for you. And I think when we start getting out of that mindset of like, okay, I should do this because that's what other people are telling me, or that's what that's what you do in this kind of situation, mm-hmm. and it, and those messages start coming more from within mm-hmm. that's a pretty exciting play like that that, that gets exciting um yeah. that, that's a, that can become a lot of fun and then you start following this kind of stepping stone path that is kind of customized and bespoke for you and there's kind of a it's kind of an easter egg hunt because you don't exactly know why you're doing things yeah. and it almost kind of unfolds in front of you uh and and sometimes after the fact you're like oh wow yeah i i had no idea why that was important and looking back on it didn't see that coming but that was really that was really useful and i find that really meaningful mm-hmm. and, and really fulfilling and it makes me want to do more of it and explore it more do you uh do you have like a a practice that you think is something you'd like to do but you're not ready for or you're like it's too intense to engage with it now um, well, I think there's one that I want to get back to that I was doing for a while that I haven't been doing. Um, part out of just there's a resistance to it that I, I'm kind of working on, which is uh, recording my dreams um, mm. pretty faithfully every day. Mm. I was doing that for a little bit of time. Um, I'd like to get back into that habit. Um, and that, for some reason, that's one that that's been tough for me for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Well, actually, just just you saying that makes me re- realize. Also, I have like I have been getting back into recording my dreams, and it's great because I've been having crazy dreams, especially for the past two or three weeks. Just feels like something happened on that last retreat where we really like it was a really big milestone and turning point, and and it was wonderful. And I feel like so much is being said to me through my dreams, and. Um, it's, it's been a little bit of a process, especially because the less you write your dreams, the less you remember, or the more like harder to grasp they are. And so I had to also sit with the, basically starting back from a, what felt like zero or from like the beginning, which is, well, I'm just going to write whatever 
pieces of the dream I remember. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. I'm going to try to describe what I remember as best as I can. And and it's actually surprising how fast it comes back to remember most of the dreams. And um, And then there's this weird thing that happens, which is I, in the middle of my dream, realize that the dream is important and that I will need to write it down later and that I need to pay attention. So it's like I'm very attentive in my dreams and it's it's great. I I think I want to spend more time doing that and I would like to start reading Young for understanding more of my dreams, which I know is like the best thing Alistair has heard all day that I'm gonna that I want to read young. I believe it when I see it. Oh uh, <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna uh, happen. The two things um one is you know, you bring up a word that I think is worth mentioning again, attention, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think these integration practices are are just ways to bring attention to things that have come up in our awareness, yeah. right? Or things that, yeah, it's, it's a way of bringing attention. So, like, writing down your dreams is a way to bring attention to that area of our lives or of my life that I feel could deserve some more, some more energy, some more attention. And so, with that, like, as I was sharing the writing dreams, I think it's also just writing more in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped writing on my blog uh, back in like August. Yeah. And I felt it felt like a necessary break because I'd been writing there for about five years. And I just was feeling like a little unsure why I was writing there anymore. Yeah. And I've been getting the feeling, I, 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 whether it's writing my dreams or writing for myself or writing on a blog or whatever, I'm I'm getting the sense I I I should I want to get back into writing in some mm. form and I think yeah it's it's sometimes it's tough because really what I need to do is just set some time and write and not be too attached to like having there be an outcome to mm-hmm. that right the the intention should would be just to write um so that's definitely I think a broader area than just writing down my dreams is uh, because that that's that's um historically for me been been an important way to be in relationship with myself Mm -hmm. and my thoughts and kind of clarify things and it's been helpful to take a break from it and uh, I think it's something soon that I'd like to get back into Mm. yeah and I think to to answer the question I think dancing as I said even just saying the word is scary like I I, I'm saying it and I'm like I don't want to say it too loud because then people are going to hold me to it that's how I felt about singing a year ago too uh yeah so i'm like uh, (laughs) this is good this is like this recording this podcast is kind of making me realize this how much i i'm i'm aware it's in my sphere but i'm not ready to engage with it um i think not not that i'm afraid or anything about what i'm about to share but it's something that's just been hard with the lifestyle that we have but I would love to find like a body worker to work with on an ongoing basis. I've I've found so much benefits to working with skilled uh, practitioners in their in their trade. I'm particularly fond of Abhyanga massages, which are like Ayurvedic tradition massages. Feels like a steamroller goes over you. It's I'm I'm usually down for the count for the next two days after a massage like that, but. If I have two of these a year, that's like therapy. Like I'm, I'm working on so much, and I actually I found someone in the area uh, in the in the Bay Area, which I think I'm going to try to contact next time we're here. Um, and I would like to make that more of a practice because I see the the immense benefits. It's just sometimes I can always kind of find a reason to not make it happen. You know, it's like oh, it's expensive. 
it, it's it's a lot of time. Then I'm down for the count for X amount of time. And it's just like, do I really need it? And sometimes I think there's a genuine resistance in my body of like, oh, I don't like right now it feels particularly difficult because I would have to engage with a completely new person. It's a different thing if you already have a body worker that you know and trust and you go you go there. I think this person actually fits what I'm looking for, but it's always challenging to form a new relationship and and like get to a place where I feel safe. Um I think continuing I think also like just in general having had the time to reflect on integration and all this I'm getting a lot more appreciation for the fact that there will be different phases where different things are out of balance and different things need my attention. But, and I think it's, it's already the case, right? But I think as a general stage that I'm in, uh, body, (laughs) the body is really, uh, a key thing for me to, kind of get back to my body and it's such a long process and it's so difficult. Um, but it kind of is the most of my focus and just like realizing that it's like, Oh, I don't have to try to, you know, meditate for three hours each day and then also take care of my body and then also read a spiritual book every day or da da da. Like there's space for all of that. If I prioritize what's most out of balance and right this minute, it's my body that needs the most attention and everything else will fall in place if it needs to, you know, like if I don't have the time to read, then I'll have the time to read another time. Like this is more important. So having the clarity and the discernment of what's needed responding and also prioritizing in the fact that we have lives and work we need to get done, you know? So it's not like we can just, our entire days cannot be just integration practices, you know, like there, or, or just practices in general, we have to get other stuff done. And so there's only a limited amount of time that can be allotted to that, but how to cultivate that is, is the question. Yeah, I think it's, um, there's also something that happens. It's like, as you start to integrate these experiences, your life changes, right? And so like, yeah, I remember where I was five, seven years ago. I didn't, there was no time, not a lot of time in my life for integration because that wasn't something that I, like, I really prioritized Mm -hmm, or made mm -hmm. important. And as, you know, through different practices and experiences, it became, you know, more important and I started to practice integrating yeah like my my life changed and then there started to become more space to do that kind of work and now my life is I think a lot more aligned with also integrating the experiences I have and things like that I have a lot more time for it than probably like most people do yeah. with a day job and and I think that's cool but you know start wherever you're at and I think what I found is you may be surprised if you, if you continue with those practices to see the way your life kind of transforms mm-hmm. and aligns with the things that, that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so but start wherever you're at. And thank you for being here, beautiful you. Thank you. And maybe, you know, I think one thing that's valuable about this kind of conversation is just 
thinking about it.、Mm-hmm. And like, so when we have these experiences or these moments of awareness,、yeah. we can ask, like, okay, what could I do to follow this up、yeah. or to follow this thread,、yeah. right? To take it a little further, explore what's down the cave. No pressure, though, you know, like, I think not putting pressure on ourselves no, to do a, things. But just the prompting、mm-hmm. and, and like、uh, maybe encouraging that curiosity when you're like, oh, maybe you should do that.、Mm-hmm. What if you did? What if you made that your practice for a week、yeah. or for a month or,、yeah. or for a couple days, you know? Or what if you just tried to do that one thing, you know,、mm-hmm. and, and have that conversation, tell that person you loved them, whatever it might be.、Yeah. Pick up that piece of trash today.、Uh, <laughs> You know, you know. <laughs> <Yeah> . but it's a it's an interesting question to ask, and、mm-hmm. I think it leads us to interesting places and to an interesting life. Totally, totally.、So. If you enjoyed this conversation, if you're a fan of the Far Out podcast, if you love us. Okay, do you love us? <laughs> you can support this podcast in three different ways.、Um, the first one is let's switch it up today. The first one is you can share it with a friend. If you want to share this episode with a friend who you think will benefit, or if you want to have a conversation with a friend about it and you want this episode to be the prompt, go ahead and share. The other way is you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it on a future episode of the podcast. Yeah, yo. And the last one is you can become a patron. We have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash the far out couple. And you can be a patron and support this podcast financially on a monthly basis. And, you know, I'll throw one other idea out there is maybe. A way to participate in the conversation is let us know what you're doing. Let us know.、Uh, yeah, we'd love know, to have. If, yeah. If you have some integration practice you're doing or some experience you had that you're working on, let us know what it is. I'd be interested to know. Totally. Thank you very much for being here. We love you. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.